Sports Minutes with Elia Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. It's a holiday special. Elia Danker and Ziaul Roshan checking in uh, as we look ahead to potentially a tournament that... Uh, might just get more viewers than a regular World Cup. Yeah, it certainly will. You talk about holiday special, right? You think some of the stars you're going to mention are already on a beach somewhere on a holiday, yeah. but apparently yeah. they're going to lace up their boots and come back play some football. How many Ballon d'Or or ex-Ballon d'Or winners will there be? There's a pub quiz for you. Oh gosh, so we are talking about this, this piece of news that's got us licking our lips, right? The potential of uh, a different kind of a World Cup that features stars above 35 years old. And, and that might give Elliot and my age away because we are so, so excited <laughs> at see, seeing these stars who grew up and excited us playing football. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, you're looking at um, the likes of uh, Liverpool and Real Madrid legend Steve McManaman who is set to captain the England side. Uh, just sticking with England a bit, Michael Owen, Rio Ferdinand, David James, gosh, uh, Frank Lampard, Robbie Fowler all expected to feature. Yeah, quite exciting, right? Just the names you mentioned and we haven't even touched on the other teams, the other possibilities. Yeah. Brazil is involved. Oh. Ronaldinho might be back. Rivaldo might be back. There's so much to look forward to. You know what I'm looking forward to the most? If this is an above 35, right? There's the potential for a Marco Matarazzi mm. and a Zinedine Zidane. Oh my. <laughs> We've already discussed your marketing capabilities, but I think you just took it one <laughs> step higher by, it, by huh? drumming up the excitement, right? <laughs> I just wish I just wish Singapore could send a team over 35. Fundy, Sundram, Lim Tong Hai. That one is very over 35. <laughs> Getting a bit carried away. <laughs> These guys are in their 40s. I'm very, very over 35. Uh, but a lot of them are World Cup winners as well. Um, likes of uh, Fabio Cannavaro, Francesco Totti, uh, Thierry Henry, Marcel Desailly. Um, they've all won World Cup. So it's it's like a tournament, uh, okay, above 35, but it's like the best of the best, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. The cream of the crop, right? And I understand it's going to happen in the window between the Champions League final and the Euros kicking off. So it's a bit of a lull period in terms of football yeah. as well. So so what a festival of football it will be, especially in a European summer. I'm looking at the tournament, the way it'll be played. It'll be a regular 11-a-side yes, tournament. Yes. But I think taking the age into consideration, they are, oh, the matches are only going to be 70 minutes long instead of the regular 90. Yeah. And they're going to allow rolling substitutions, a bit like when we played futsal that time. I you know feel like I mean? we can play in this tournament. <laughs> Lose, never mind. Uh, I just want to change jerseys. You know? Exactly. So you mentioned that window, right? So uh, we're looking at quarterfinals, uh, June 4th and 5th, the semis June the 8th, the finals should be June the 11th or so. Ooh, uh, which which international team are you looking forward to seeing the most? I mean, considering the England team that you mentioned earlier put me through a lot of heartbreak. I've been an England fan for yeah, a long, long yeah. time during those days. Uh-huh. Maybe they'll show up for this tournament. But honestly, with a tournament like this, Say they there win, are so man. many players. Oh, finally, it will come <laughs> home, I guess. But there are so much talent, so yeah. much players yeah. everywhere that it's going to be hard to just... Support a team, I think. You're just there for I, I football. I think you're there for football, yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we, we, we went about this project, right? And we decided to take a look at some of the best strike partnerships in world football. This is from just the year 2002, the World Cup 2002, which uh, we really enjoyed because it was in South Korea and Japan. Time difference was awesome. Um, and as we were preparing this, I noticed something. Up till about the year 2014, the game changed. You no longer have these partnerships up top. 
if yeah. you notice, and that's why you have your Kylian Mbappe's coming through, mm. or or even uh, Lionel Messi being able to shine in the role that he did with with Argentina. Yeah, I think football evolved in a sense where it went away from the traditional four four twos anymore, and then it became a more four four three, and then the number tens like Lionel Messi yeah, you spoke about, yeah, and yeah. then football became more about a focal point, yeah. one big striker flanked by two pacey wingers, wingers yeah. and then a very creative number ten. But the the topic of conversation we want to discuss is strike partnerships okay. in terms of your number 9 and number 10 so yeah. you've slightly a hamstr- traditional 9 exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. when we started this discussion you slightly hamstrung me by saying it has to be an international pairing so that's been really really difficult for me to pinpoint I'm going to go I said I'm an England fan earlier for me 2014 Wow, Rooney and... Owen? Owen? Was it Owen? I think Peter Crouch also came into the fold. But yes. did any of the, the the English partnerships, since you bring up that one, I mean, at one point, everyone thought after 98 World Cup, I know we're stretching a bit, Alan Shearer, Michael Owen, this was going to be the next big thing. I, I feel that the partnerships never lived up to the hype. I think we want to talk about partnerships. Then I know we're talking about strikers, but we also talk, need to talk about England's midfield partnerships okay, as well in okay. terms of Gerard and Lampard never really that working never out. Exactly. Sad, right? And, yeah. and further up the pitch, that strike force never really clicked yeah. as well. They went through different managers. You talk about Peter Crouch. Hmm. For a while, I believe it was... Roy Hodgson or there maybe was, Capello no, who liked this big man small yeah. man combination for and so there was long. A, Emil Heskey, Michael Owen. Exactly. So it they we, tried. And, <laughs> and when we when we list it out like that, I'm just glad football's moved on to one striker because really? Harry Kane is perfect for that one striker well, mole, right? Maybe for England. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I play like FIFA or EAFC, I still do the four four two, and I'm a fool because uh, every other team can beat me. <laughs> the game has changed that much. It certainly has. But moving away from England, I guess. In the recent memory, France, Thierry Henry, David Trezeguet stick yeah. out as a as yeah. a as a partnership that went out and won things. Yeah. There was a connection between them. What about you? Uh I so you're talking about partnerships, right? I, w- I want to bring up a very unique one. Uh, usually it's two, but with the Brazilian team, especially mm. in 2002, it was three. And I, I I dare to say that you know it's different from the current three up front because you have Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, and Rivaldo, and they're all switching and they're all as strikers. Whether they shift out to the wing or come inside, they're all straightforward strikers that are just way too. Scared. And the three R is just is so special. Yeah, it certainly was. I think Ronaldo caught the eye with his celebration, with his haircut, and obviously with yeah. his goals. But you're right to point out the supporting cast almost. I know Ronaldinho is a star in his own right. Sure. But Rivaldo, to a lesser extent, almost was the unheralded of the three, right? Yeah. But he was so important to the way Brazil went about their business. From the wings, from the centre, and they're all... Oh, wait a minute. Wait, isn't the striker Ronaldo? He's coming in from the centre. Oh, wait, Ronaldinho's up top. It's, it's, it's just special. Exactly. Wow. So so the partnership didn't just stick to two people. It was, it was like almost clones. three. But, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and it was a defensive nightmare, I guess, yeah. for any team yeah, that yeah. went up against them. Similarly for Germany as well, we talked about Miroslav Klose, oh, yes. who was a tournament top scorer in 2002 World I Cup, mean, if I'm not World wrong. Cups. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I, I think he's high up the list in terms of all-time goal scorers as well. While he garnered all the headlines and possibly got all the goals, he was also supplied the ammunition yeah. by Lukas Podolski, who is another player who you remember during that time as a as a decent strike partnership. Well, Podolski was great in Germany. Didn't quite live up to the hype when he went to Arsenal. Mm. Uh, but nonetheless, you see, when you put these two together, it's it's the understanding is there. And I believe at one time, I, I remember a commentary uh, while a match was going on, they actually speak Polish to each other when oh, they're wow. on the pitch. 
I could be wrong, but the, that seems to be what I, I remember. Uh, you know who I liked? I, I remember there was this World Cup tournament. Uh, I believe it's the one in Brazil. Uh, Luis Suarez and Edinson Cavani for mm. Uruguay or Uruguay. Um, they seem to find each other all the time. It was telepathic, you know. And I was like, wow, so jealous. Ex- Liverpool's got this guy. <laughs> and, you, and you touched on Klose and Podolski earlier yeah, speaking yeah. the same language of Polish, right? I feel Suarez and Cavani speak the same language of fighting on the pitch. Yes. <laughs> like, they, uh, above and beyond. I don't mean it in a that bad a way. Yes, Suarez obviously has taken it a bit too far. But both of them had that that hunger, yeah, that fight, yeah, that desire yeah. to, to, to chomp at the bit. Irritate Chomp. defenders. <laughs> you see what I did there? So exactly. I think I think beyond being lethal strikers, they connected on a hunger level. Again, yeah. punfully intended. Mm. So so that's why I think this partnership, Suarez and Cavani, totally worked for me. I think we've got one that's probably one of the greatest among the lot uh, besides the three R's from Brazil. But before that, remember a time they tried out uh, in Italy, uh, people in Sagi and uh, Francesco Totti. And I was going back through their stats, right? They didn't score many goals. Mm. It failed to live up to the hype. And I think that's an interesting can of worms in terms of a conversation because it doesn't mean the likes of Pippo Inzaghi and Francesco Totti are great players, right? Italian stalwarts almost. But then when they come together as a partnership, it didn't really click. So it's not about the superstar A, superstar B and then creating something bigger. Sometimes it needs to be not necessarily the highest regarded superstar. Yeah. It needs to be a lesser player almost for a partnership to click. And I think Inzaghi and Totti, that partnership falls through to this. Yeah, Diego Maradona tried this out at the World Cup. Uh, Lionel Messi and uh, Sergio Aguero. Uh, and again, another situation where it didn't quite click because they didn't go too far. Mm, and I think uh, Maradona maybe had vested interest there. Messi being the heir to his throne of Maradona's uh, Argentina's greatest ever player and Aguero being his son-in-law to some extent. Perhaps he tried to force it slightly but you saw what Messi did not being forced into a partnership at the recent yeah, World Cup so yeah. clearly it doesn't always work just because on paper it should let's let's talk about this partnership that wow I can't imagine that Barcelona Barcelona never picked up on this and tried this out David Villa and Fernando Torres mm. And what's funny, we mentioned these two for Spain, right? Spain have not had another striker as good as them or partnership since then. Yeah, I think with Fernando Torres especially, I want to make the point that I feel recency bias goes against him and how good he was. Oh, he he was had amazing. that failed yeah. move yeah. to Chelsea yeah. and then everybody yeah. only remembers him for that. Yeah. But his, in his pomp, when he was El Nino at Liverpool, he yeah. was a nuisance, an absolute nuisance for all defenders, such a clinical striker and he brought that form to Spain as well to form this partnership with David Villa who who is again one of those unsung heroes. He was at Barcelona, great Barcelona teams but never got the limelight like Xavi, Iniesta or Messi but did so, so well and Spain, you talk about golden years for Spain, they had World Cup Euro, World Cup Euro, I think back-to-back successes. Villa and Torres were central to all that success. You notice the ones that really work, right, apart from the three R's, right, is they have this style of play that's almost a a Dennis Bergkamp theory on re at Arsenal. Okay, of course, one's Dutch and one's French. But what what I'm trying to say is that, like with Villa, he's slightly off the front. He knows that he's got Torres, who's very fast. Mm. So they play that way. He still gets his fair share of goals, but... 
they play off each other. Exactly. And, and, and one more mature player knows how to pull back a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I think they understand each other's game. There's there's reading. And I think there's also a bit of unselfishness involved. Yeah, yeah. Because you brought up the Inzaghi Totti example. Maybe both of them wanted to be the star men. Sure. Yeah. And then compared to Villa and Torres, where Villa would take a step back slightly and supply Torres the mm. ammunition, mm. it's okay that Torres gets the goal. The team wins. And I think partnerships work that way when one is willing to sacrifice, sacrifice a little. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's uh, wrap up this conversation. I, I want to ask you, whew, uh, this is really going to put you on the spot here. Mm. Uh, your favourite World Cup striker of all time wow. up to the year 2010. <laughs> favourite World Cup striker of all time. I asked the question based on I already know my answer. <laughs> Sorry. It's alright. Uh, I will try and answer this up till 2010. Yeah. Uh, has to be number 9, Ronaldo. Ronaldo? Has to be. Has to Mine's be. also on number 9, Gabriel Batistuta. Ah, good choice. Good choice. Why? <laughs> I mean the long hair, you know the cult, cult uh, hero, the, the cult hero, the free kicks. Uh, unfortunately, during that time, his celebration was cool. Now it's <laughs> wrong message. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Why Ronaldo? Uh, I think I think Ronaldo just speaks for himself in terms of the style, the swagger, the yeah. goal scoring ability. And then you talk about the injuries that robbed him of the career he had, but still you consider the career yes. he had is amazing. Hey, oh, speaking of Ronaldo, the other Ronaldo, Cristiano, if you were in his shoes right now, you know about this, oh, above 35 World Cup, would you participate? <laughs> you, could, you could win the World Cup, <laughs> you know? Good, yeah, to be fair, I think Ronaldo's PR people will be already on him saying this is your chance to actually win a World Cup. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.